Jesus said you are the salt of the earth and that you are the light of the world. That is a wonderful statement. You are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. What does that mean? It's a wonderful statement. We are going to reflect on what this means. Jesus didn't say lightly. Jesus really meant it. This tells us exactly who we are. He didn't say, try to be the salt of the earth or try to be the light of the world. You are already the salt of the earth and you are already the light of the world. Since you are the salt and the light, live like the salt and live like the light. That's what it means. You, you don't try to be the salt. You are already the salt. Don't be something, don't be something else. Don't lose that saltiness and don't live in your light uh, darkness. Salt and light, they're the most, two most precious things in Jesus' time. During Roman period, the salt was so precious that Roman soldiers were sometimes paid by the salt rather than the money. And also they called it white gold because it was so precious. Now salt, you know, we don't really have a high opinion of salt, right? You eat too much salt and so you, you don't take it seriously. But long time ago, the salt was so precious and important and then, so they, they even get, uh, got paid by the salt. And that payment was called salarium. And sal is a salt, meaning salt. And from that word, salary uh, came out. So salarium was uh, paid by uh, the salt to the Roman uh, soldiers. That, it was that precious. So what Jesus is saying is, he took two most precious things out of the world and say that you are this. You are these most precious things in the world. You are not just ordinary things. You are the most precious things without which the world cannot survive. You are indispensable. You are not just a screw in a big machine that can be easily replaced. You're not that screw. You're indispensable. You're precious. You're valuable. You're much, much more than just a screw. You're not just functional. Without your existence, the world doesn't mean much. That kind of preciousness that kind of precious existence that, that is who you are. But when Jesus came to this world, he saw people, he saw none of that. He saw people and people did not know that they were that precious. They lived like they were nobody. Nobody told them that they were precious. Nobody treated them as being precious people. 
They abused each other. They cut down each other. They treated each other with no honor. You know, when I look, look around me too, I see that so much. There's no respect. No one really thinks that I am so precious and also you are so precious. We don't have this sense of honest about each other. We have been brought down so low that we just treat each other like sometimes garbage rather than respect and honor. And Jesus wanted to let them know that you guys, you are very, very valuable people. You are very precious. Don't forget that you are the salt and the light. You're so precious that I would even die for you. That's what Jesus' message. That was Jesus' message. How precious I must be when that precious Lord dies for me. Do you think Jesus will sacrifice his life? Like throws away his life like garbage for, for, for worthless things? You're so precious that I'll even be willing to die for you. Having this respect for yourself is very, very important. This Christian thing to do. If you're a Christian, you're salt and the light of the world. You don't need to do great things. You're already great. So ultimate life goal, I realize that, is to discover or to realize that I am precious. That's the ultimate goal. If you find, if you really, really find that, not just theoretically, theoretically, if you really find that you are so valuable and precious, your life doesn't stop. To others, you may be only one lost soul. To them, you may not be 99, the majority who's important. To God, you are the most precious thing. That's why God goes out and searches for this one lost soul. And then once he finds it, he puts that on his uh, shoulder and comes home with joy and throws a party for the whole village because so precious that I found it. You are that precious. Everywhere in the Bible, it says that you are precious. But we don't, we read it, but we don't understand it. And we read it, we just, oh yeah, and move over, move on. This is what Isaiah said. God is saying that. You are precious to me. And I have given you a special place of honor. I love you. That's why I'm willing to trade others to give up whole nations to save your life. My friend, all good things come from this understanding that you are precious. So Christian ethics is different from social ethics or uh, the worldly ethics. Our ethics come from the realization that you are 
precious. Change happens when you realize that you are precious. Now, change doesn't happen when you, okay, I'm going to be a good person from today. Change doesn't happen by your will. Change happens when you realize how precious that I am. When you realize that the change begins, there's Christian change. There's Christian ethics. Automatically change happens when you really, truly realize that you are so precious. That's what happened to David. This David decide, did not decide to live a good life. He realized that God was thinking about him so much. And then that thinking, God's thinking uh, just changed him completely. How, what, what am I? Who am I that God is so God thinks about me so much. Who am I? And that really was the beginning of the change of David. This is what he said. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you're still with me. This realization about God. God thinks about me so much. Thou came to David as a shocking realization. That's when change starts happening in David. I mean, he writes poem a lot, right? He, he's a kind of writer, po poet. He wrote a lot of poems. And then in one of his poems, he said this. What are human beings that you are mindful of them? Mortals, that you care for them? Yet you have made them a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. This was his anthropology. This was how he thought of human beings. Not only himself, but others too. You see each other. That happened, then you want to be good to them. You want to be good to people who are so precious. That's what Christian ethics is all about. St. Paul's change began when he realized how important he was, how precious he was. This is what he said. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. He discovered this love. And when he discovered this love, when this came to him as a realization, he changed. Life becomes precious. When you realize that you are precious, no one can take away from you. We can take the path of true righteousness when we understand how important you are in God's eyes. This kind of righteousness doesn't make you conceited, doesn't make you arrogant. You don't need to use your pride to 
maintain your importance. It makes you rather humble. Knowing that you are very important to God humbles you. That is the kind of righteousness I'm talking about. You don't need to follow moral standards that other people set up for you. You don't need to try to live up people's expectations to be appreciated. You don't need to prove to yourself and to others how good you are. That kind of righteousness, the righteousness the Pharisees and scribes had and pursued. They might have, they might have looked good in the eyes of others, but the righteousness is not achieved in that way. It is not about following certain rules and standards. It is about being faithful to who you are. The precious person that you are, you are being faithful to you. The Spirit put the law in your heart, inscribed that law in your heart. You follow that. You are being faithful to you. Because it doesn't matter whether other people come to service or not. It doesn't matter other people do good things or not. Or whether other people really pursue money and all that. It doesn't matter because you are being faithful. So you put very high standard. Just because other people uh, do not live, uh, I mean, uh, do not live spiritual life, you don't just follow them. You have your own standard in that way. You don't compromise with a mediocre lifestyle. To be the salt and to be the light means to be the best. Because those are most precious things. So to be the salt and to be the light, meaning you be the best you can be. We have to live up to what we believe about ourselves. How I look at myself governs how I live my life. If you see yourself always as a failure, you fail. You live a loser's life. You'll become a loser if you always see yourself as a failure. But if you see yourself as full of potential, then you will live up to living out and pursuing that potential. But if you lose yourself, then your beautiful self will be hidden. Then how can you live out? Your full potential. So many people live their lives losing themselves. They don't know who they are. They just follow what the world wants. The world does. They don't know who they are. When you are lost in that way, how can you be the salt and the light of the world? This is what Jesus said. If salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled under foot. No use. Becomes like garbage. 
your life becomes like garbage. A city built on a hill cannot be hidden. No one after lighting a lamp puts it under the bushel's basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all the house. Losing yourself, that is damaged self. I see a lot of damaged goods. Damaged goods don't do anything good. Somehow living this life, we become damaged. Some kind of hang-ups, some kind of problem, we become damaged Jesus came to remold us again so that we can be whole again. Damaged goods only damage others. They're useless and they rather, they rather do harm. Scribes and Pharisees, they were the damaged goods. Don't get me wrong. They were not criminals. They were not drug addicts. They were not, they were not psychopaths. They were model citizens. They kept the law very well. They were well respected. They followed the social standards very well. Their problem was that they didn't know that they were precious. And because they, don't, they didn't know they were precious, they didn't know others were precious. And their righteousness comes from different place. Because they didn't see themselves as precious, they couldn't see others as precious. People who don't respect themselves cannot respect others. People who are angry with themselves, they get angry with others. People who don't believe in themselves, don't believe in others. People who are cynical about themselves will be always cynical with others. The righteousness that comes from that kind of people is not real. It's just show. It's just manipulation. It is just to impress others, to lift yourself up. That kind of righteousness is useless. That's why Jesus said this. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. The righteousness of Pharisees and righteousness of scribes killed the Son of God. Their righteousness destroyed God. Their righteousness put people in bondage. When our damaged self is not restored, we can harm each other. Don't be damaged goods. With God, everything becomes precious. You become other people become precious. That is salvation. When you start seeing others and you 
yourself and the world in that way. That is what salvation is. That is what it means to be born again. Isaiah also said, Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Be the salt and light. When you recognize that wonderful truth, your life will look quite different. The way we treat each other will look quite different. Let us sing together.